And we are back, and we are far from home today, doing another recording outside. Another, I mean, there was one a couple weeks ago. It's kind of intermittently inside and outside. Uh, it was the transition from walk-through rail yard to building to office. And so if that background noise was unpleasant and shitty, I'm sure you'll enjoy the constant wind and occasional cars of this quiet, upper-middle-class suburban neighborhood. Um, actually transitions from quite high class to quite slummy, so I'm taking a zigzaggy route. Um, anyway, just saw uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and actually this was the first movie since I was a kid, pretty much a high school kid to be fair, first movie that I've gone to see alone, and uh, I think it's nice, I kind of mused on it a little bit earlier that there's a difference between like the conception and, and the perception of of you doing it from yourself and what you might think other people are perceiving. And it just used to be something that was, I guess, quote, sad. <laughs> so, uh, but the truth is it's nice to actually have your own company and it's nice to just enjoy something that maybe in a way that when you go with other people, you have to accommodate them a little bit and maybe going on your own is nice. I mean, you can put your bag on the seat beside you. You can eat as grossly as you want, whatever you want. You can... I don't know. I'm going to say masturbate, but I don't really encourage people to do that in a movie theater. That's pretty gross. Um, I only refrain... I mean, everyone likes a good joke, but I refrain from that because movie theater etiquette is, like, the one thing that when I run for mayor in the mayoral race of 2022 in Toronto, I will be running on a platform that one of the bedrocks of which is my theater bylaw policy, which theaters will have special uh, authority and powers bestowed on them to maintain decorum and order. I'm not saying, like, there's going to be some sort of cinema Gestapo. I'm just saying that they'll be allowed to charge you 50 bucks if you're, like, aggressively talking in a theater. And it'll be enforced because there will be an usher who's, whose primary role is to be stationed in the theater and look out for that, and they give out warnings. And that's exactly why I wanted to mention that today. Again, the clockwork, every single time I've gone to a theater, it's been a case that the people behind me, either like right behind me or dangling behind me, a bunch of fucking chatterboxes. Just two people gumming about. It's my, as my grandma would see, two people who are opening up their mouths and letting the wind blow their tongue about. That's not my sweet jams, but I want you guys to know that's coming from like a very kind of thin-looking white guy, not not the look he wants. It's got like the Walmart bought size XXL white shirt. Kind of looks like the I don't know the the paper bag prince, I guess. It's like that story where she's wearing a bag and it's just a sort of pillowcase of an outfit, that's what I'm implying. I guess the color's wrong to make that comparison, but... Trucks. See, I... I'll get back to topic in a minute, but... I gotta mention, some of you tune in for the ASMR quality of the videos, because I find that I have one of those voices that in the right way puts people to sleep instead of annoys them. Which is, I guess, great. So, 
if you come here to listen to my sweet soft jams and spoken silken words, then I apologize when there's like sudden and unforeseeable noises. I do my best to record wherever I can that's quiet, but I honestly don't have the time to uh, set like recording time aside anymore, kind of fuse it. I used to have a lot more. Anyone that is actually a dedicated listener will remember that at the beginning it was a lot of like me doing hour-long recordings whilst playing Fortnite, and it's like, that just wasn't possible anymore. <laughs> um, not just the baby, obviously. And Arthur's great, but just life. I actually get a lot of gaming in now, which is nice. A lot of Age of Empires. We'll get into that. So, <laughs> pre-tangent, we're talking about theater etiquette. People behind me, talking the whole time. I turned around. I gave them until like five minutes into the movie because they were obviously talking through the trailers. Five minutes into the movie, finally I turn around. I'm like, guys, can you please stop talking? Please. Sorry to have to say it. And then I just kind of like Canadian it and was like, it was forceful but intermittent with apologies somehow. And they, they clammed up right away. And I mean, I'm not, I don't want to have the second Nazi reference in one episode, but I'm not some sort of theater Nazi. I don't terrorize people for laughing in the theater. And they kept giving me these looks that made me feel so awful because they kept looking at me like every time there was a joke and they laughed. Like, oh my God, if we laugh too loud, he's going to say something. Like, no, man, everyone's there to enjoy the movie. I'm going to laugh. But what you can't do... (coughs) (coughs) Wow, super cool. That's a healthy cough. Um, Truth is, I swallowed a bug and I'm just trying not to think about it because I'm going to get throw up, which is gross. Nature. Anyway, yeah, no, there was, uh, there was a good time. There was a good time for the people behind. It was, uh, they, I guess, were on, like, a date, despite their ages, kind of suggesting maybe it was another kind of situation, because they were both maybe in, like, the 40-50 area, which leads me to my immediate thought, which was, like, Get your shit together. Like, come on. For real? So, yeah, they had, uh... They had talked through all the trailers. Started talking through the movie. And it's the kind of shit where the guy is, like, just riffing his own jokes along with the movie because he thinks he's funny, but he's fucking not. You just want him to shut the hell up. And the girl would, you know, throw a few in there, but was also just, like, laughing and encouraging it. Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up in a movie. Why does that have to be said so many times? Who goes to him? And that's the thing, the people that react with audacity, like, oh my God, where do you get off? Tell them, like, where do you get off going to a theater and running your mouth? I don't understand. Anyway, I'm not going to cast a negative. This is a good vibes episode. The movie was very entertaining. Spider-Man Far From Home, I guess, like, if you're just tuning in now, like... I'll put the timestamps. so you just fast forward to right now. <laughs> Far From Home was, in my opinion, what... It was like the cool cleansing drink. The, the, the sweet after dinner, the after eight chocolate mint after the, the meal that has been the whatever fucking like 10, 11 year, 23 movie Infinity Saga. And it was very akin to Ant-Man and the Wasp being the follow-up to Infinity War, and it was, you know, everything was dark, and we had so many questions, and this movie comes along, and it gives you not just uh, some answers, but I guess it alleviates some of the 
like pain or uh, I guess pain is the right word. It just sort of takes some of the, the piss out of it because the tone's so dark. This one does great job. I mean, I'm going to try not to have spoilers. I went in uh, moderately trailer blind, which is you just watch the the intro, like the theater, um, the teaser trailer, sorry. You just watch the teaser, you get an idea of what the movie's going to look like, you make some speculations. But at the end of the day, it's not good to formulate too much of an opinion or judge something based on trailers. So um, you can always watch them with a grain of salt. Uh, I saw some Mysterio stuff, I saw some Spider-Man stuff, and you know what, I think I'm going to give a spoiler alert at this point, because I don't know if I'm going to do another episode of a Spider-Man, if you have not seen it, pause and get yourself out, I'm going to give you a minute, alright, you should have had sufficient time to listen to the birds and leave the room, pause it, fast forward and such, in the meantime, maybe go see the movie, think about that. Okay, so if you've read comics that involve Spider-Man, not even, like, dedicated Spider-Man comics, but if you are reading that slice of New York that involves him and his rogues, you know Mysterio's got illusions, you know he's a shit disturber, you know he's a bad guy. So, I went into it not knowing or having seen any reveals or information or anything like that, but the entire time I had a very nagging feeling that this was a character that's a villain and that's evil, because... When you base it on, you know, source material that says it's a chicken and it and it winds up looking like a pig on the screen, you know it's a chicken. It's a terrible analogy. I don't know where I was going with that. But you understand if you go into something where the character is already established as a villain that you have to work pretty hard to go in the opposite direction. And they did a fucking awesome job. They got a very charming guy, famously charming. I think that's, like his, that's what it says on his resume. You have a story where you're introducing so many things that it, you can really throw the audience for a loop because of, you know, just the, the scope of things, the magic of the Marvel movie machine and kind of pull things out of existence when they need it. People are saying they fucked with the timeline of the Marvel events. I don't know, probably a little bit. I'm sure they just had some, like, slight inaccuracies, but felt pretty authentic and fit in there well. Um, I mean, just the story's great. It's the continued struggle that he has between the life of a normal kid and the duties of being Spider-Man. And, you know, who doesn't have choices they have to make? Who doesn't have, like, responsibilities that draw them to or from what they want to be doing and what they should be doing. I mean, when you, when you walk through a park, you kind of invite the possibility that kids are going to scream in your face. So that was a kid screaming in my face. Spider-Man, to me, has always been a character that I respect. It, Captain America is I'm a big fan, and it's a respect, and it's also following the stories and sort of believing in, in someone like that and his stories during the war. It's all been like a really good time. It's all very worthwhile to read. But specifically, Spider-Man kind of escaped me. I had 
big fascination as a kid, actually. My mom famously, well, famously to me, obviously, invited a Spider-Man impersonator to my, I think, like, fourth or seventh birthday, and the guy did, like, balloons and silly string and all that kind of stuff. Super cool. I thought it was real Spider-Man until I was quite a bit older. Felt very Ash that blessed. <laughs> and then, of course, I had, um, like, a big Spider-Man sticker that was safe for lights on top of, like, my light in my room, like, the main ceiling light. Uh, we had to sort of trim it because it got a bit murdery because it was very red. But, no, I was a big fan. Dressed up as him for Halloween a lot. And then, as I get older, I think as I got into the comics themselves, I didn't quite follow his stories. Maybe it's just who was writing at the time or his artist, but I respect him a lot. It's very similar to Captain America in that you just, you see a guy trying to make a difference, trying to make a positive, traditional difference. Like, just standing up for the little guy. Like, no questions asked, just being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And they do it. They do it so well. Tom Holland is fantastic. I mean, I, I still love Tobey Maguire. And <laughs> the the throwing in of J. Jonah Jameson by, uh, I can't believe I'm fucking this up. So you know it's real, guys. Um, oh my god, he was Jim Gordon in BVS, too. Ugh, shame. I feel bad. It'll come to me. So, the in <laughs> bringing him back in the, in the exact same role, in the exact same tone, doing the exact same stuff, was the best thing ever. That's literally what the, what the people have been asking for. That's giving the world what it needs. Uh, you finally have some romantic validation for the, the Peter-MJ relationship, which is nice, because say what you want about who they cast, I really I think that kid's got talent. I don't really give a shit that she's, what, not a redhead. I think maybe it would have been cool... I don't know, I think maybe she could have had her hair... It's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I would have been okay either way. I think I think the red hair is synonymous with the character, but it's not necessarily materially important to the character. I think people are just kind of adverse to that change. But she does a great job, especially now that there's like that romance to it. It's cute. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they're on a good path. They have... Probably the most worthwhile two end credit scenes that I've ever seen. Not since, you know, the Avengers. And when you see, you know, fine, I'll do it myself, or whatever, whenever it was that Brolin, whom wasn't Brolin at the time, gave us that gem. Not since then has there been one that actually sparks any kind of genuine interest in the progression of the story. This one does that, man. They, it turns out there's two scrolls. I'm pretty sure the ones from Captain Marvel, honestly, between my, my opinion of that movie and my memory lately, it's, it escapes me, the specifics. And without sounding a little racist, they all kind of look the same, those, that species. So, yeah, them showing up, my, my gut reaction, I almost like dropped my drink in surprise, was this means we're doing secret invasion. It probably does. It's probably very within the realm of possibility that that's what we're going to do. If we don't do Secret Invasion, which I don't really know they wouldn't, their next sort of plot line to do, which could just make a great movie, is just going to be the world versus Spider-Man, or New York versus Spider-Man, where he's sort of an enemy of the state. 
And I love that shit. I love that because it's very Batman, and I don't love it specifically because of that. I enjoy that it's a man trying to defend a city and what he believes in, even if the institution or the city itself is, is against him. Because the city is not, you know, contrary to the movie Constantine's City of Demons, the city is not a person, it is the city. So he's fighting for the good of the city, not just because people have turned against him in the NYPD or the Gotham PD or your various PDs. Um, I, I guess, I think, yeah, see, I enjoyed it. Usually I, I try to throw in a couple zesty, uh, a couple zesty criticisms, some spicy things I can complain about to make beans, as it were, but uh, having a hard time with it this time. I think uh, the content's really good. It's a fun time, and that's exactly what those movies should be. The first one was a really fun time, um, Homecoming. And then his appearance in every other movie, The Avengers and Civil Wars, amazing. He's a lighthearted character, it's a lighthearted movie, but it deals with stuff, man. It deals with, with growing up and stepping into bigger shoes and bigger roles and expectations that people have of you. And these are things that are resonant, man. These are things that happen to everyone at some level. And that's always the core strength of Spider-Man. That's funny, because Spider-Man has wicked core strength. But the strength is, is a, a low-key, wholesome relatability that I think everybody can grasp onto, which is nice. So it's a great time. I would go see it. Um, yeah, probably not much more than that. I think there was... What was it specifically? I had seen I Mother. I Am Mother? I don't know if I posted that episode. I watched it again. I think it's better the second time. I think I was waiting for something much bigger to happen than happened. So I think the second time I watched it at more of a cool head. But besides that, yeah, just... Age Vampires. I've always been a fan. I think I'm going to do a full-length episode on it later on. But for me, Age of Empires is this classic game that I've been playing with my brothers since we were both very, very young. Like, I don't know, uh, seven, eight, I think? Maybe that's not right. Ten? Very young. We both pretty much got laptops very early on, shortly after our parents' divorce, because that makes divorce okay. And from there from the most reputable of illegal Chinese gaming shops. My dad got us uh, Age of Empires 2, Age of Kings. And a couple of years down the line, from a different Russian um, computer parts store, Age of Empires 2, The Conquerors. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, it teaches and builds your strategic mind so you may defeat your foes, except actually you're just going to use mad amounts of cheats for resources and end up using, like, race cars with machine guns in case you get overwhelmed. But, um, I think it's a super fun game. I learned a lot of real-life history from the game, believe it or not. I was that kind of nerd. I did write some of it down. I did enjoy memorizing, to some degree, the, the cutscenes that teach you. I love the William Wallace campaign, because my grandparents and my dad are, are Scottish, and that was something that was kind of present already in what we knew about and talked about. Japanese ones, I think. Uh, or maybe I just played. I don't know. It's a really great game. The languages are authentic. 
it does teach some some pretty cool skills. And as you get older, as you... I don't want to sound like a crazy person that's trying to advocate that this teaches any kind of real-world military skills, but when you get older and you gain a bit of perspective, and even if you've just seen, like, a ton more fantasy movies by then, you have kind of a keener eye for things that you can do and ways that you can exploit the best out of your own troops and the worst of your enemies. So the formations I never used to do. I just used to, like, leave them in a line and then just go to battle. But the truth is, if you, you know, play strategically and you pay close attention to the, the micro level and let's say you take a unit of spearmen and you use the spread formation so that they have more surface area with cavalry and in charge that makes the difference man I <laughs> I'll relay a story to you about the difference a small thing can make the only thing is I'm doing a Scottish accent but thinking back to where it's from it's actually from Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift that for some reason in my head it has something to do with Braveheart, but hey, it does not. So here's a quote from a Japanese person in an American movie about racing cars in Japan. It's got a accent for some reason. Whilst it being paraphrased, because I haven't seen the movie in a long time. This is why my channel's free. There's also tremendous wind blowing, but I'm in a field, rolling green grass. Large electrical towers full of wires. Very calming-ish, sort of. So the scene goes, one horse nail missing leads one horse to be missing, which leads one general to miss the battle, which makes one army miss the war, or lose the war. I think there's another level where it makes one nation fall or something. Maybe there are other. It's a good scene nonetheless. That's the point of the story. All right, back to you then. I think uh, I got it mostly right. I think it's like a, for want of a nail, the horse was missing, and the horse being gone made the general gone, and the general gone made them lose the war, and losing the war made the nation fall. Something to that effect. But I, I like it. The, the smallest things in a large battle, in, in the chain of events in your life and in the game, I'm really just talking about the game though, can make a huge difference. Uh, correct placement of things interrupting uh, armies from entering or exiting a city with uh, gates. I've done a lot of um, sort of wars of attrition where, and I play against the, the AIs on like medium and hard depending on how focused I need to be. I'm not like a pro or anything. I do often use cheats, but I try not to. If I'm going to use cheats, I just put them on extreme difficulty. And, but no, I like to actually capture a town by fighting it from the outskirts and, and doing whatever damage I can do and establishing a base, and then from there you build a wall and, and you lock gates, and then you kind of trap them, and they can hold out for a long time, but eventually it's again, a war of attrition, and they run out of resources and the ability to pe make new soldiers and that's when you roll in, knock it down it's a good time the reason I play is because you can play Age of Empires one-handed and uh, I hold my baby in the other hand <laughs> usually on one of those like core strength exercise balls where you're bouncing, but um uh, it's a really good time. I was trying to play Fortnite with him, but he, he requires at least, like, one hand on for human touch, for warmth or safety or whatever he gets out of it. But it's quite cute, but you need to be... Uh, sitting is a luxury. You're usually bouncing in that chair. But Age of Empires I can do with that with one hand, which is totally not something I figured out nefariously in high school, whilst having two screens in my room. But it's a fun time. If anyone has Age of Empires on the Steam... On the Steam? If anyone has Age of Empires on Steam, feel free to play and such... I think the info will be in the episode somewhere. Besides that, just 
I don't know, keep it real, guys. Whatever you're doing, whatever you got going on, I don't know any of you at all. I, I've, as I've said, I don't post this on my personal stuff. I mean, there's nothing against it. You feel free to. I could. I just don't. I don't want it to be seen as people are coming to listen to this because they have some sort of obligation or expectation. I want this to be something that maybe it, it does something for you. Maybe it ASMR stuff, as I said, it relaxes you. Maybe it's informative to you. Maybe you just find it interesting. I don't know. Whatever I can do, I really like to, as I've gotten older, I've really just wanted to try to do more good in the world. So I hope it does some good of some kind for somebody. That was general enough. Yeah, so take it easy, guys. Good luck with stuff. And got another one coming in probably uh, maybe a week, two weeks. I don't know. Depends uh, how lazy I want to be. Probably next week, though. I'd say next week. And if you live anywhere that's experiencing a heat wave, um, good luck, man. Fuck, that is the worst. As like a, I'm like a big guy. I'm like six feet, and I, I don't need to get into the weight. But man, this heat sucks. <laughs> it's humid where I live because the city, Toronto, used to be a swamp, which is what you want. So I said, "Oh God, it's everywhere." No, it's just very thick air and swampy. Like when you go outside, there's there's sort of a wetness to the air. When you move around you feel really gross and sort of beyond sweaty, I call it, because your skin and the sweat on your skin is the same temperature as the sweaty, thick air. So you just, you don't know where your gross ends and where the gross of the air begins. Um, So it's, you know, it's not great. But there's, like, buildings melting in, I think, Spain and Mexico, so I'm not going to really complain. It's just, it's like swampy (laughs) but yeah keep the ac on fuck those bills man acs i'm not just speaking to my wife about that my wife's actually been great this this summer usually she's such a you know when i'm talking about gestapo that's that's a tightly controlled mechanism by her but uh (laughs) this summer even she's like no just let it roll keep that ac on and i think that's the situation everywhere dudes just run hot and girls run cold that's my experience but Anyway, guys, good talking to you. I'll catch you next time. Here's some more of that wind, probably intercut with city sirens. What was the fucking sirens? Come on, man.